we just say, come on in. We're glad that you're here. And uh, we're just delighted that you are here this morning in the presence of the Lord. What you feel is the touch of God's presence. And it's something that our world needs so desperately. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. And there is liberty for your soul today. There's liberty for your mind today. And we're grateful that you are here this morning. I'm so glad to see Brother and Sister Vance like here all the way from Indianapolis. God bless them. This is a wonderful family that we love very much. God bless you. So pleasantly surprised to see them today. And I do want to say we have some very special, uh, a very special presentation for you in the lobby when you leave. It is the Calvary Academy. And this, of course, is a ministry of the Calvary Church in Springdale, uh, uh, one of our sister churches. And uh, the Calvary Church has operated the Calvary Academy for over 30 years. And it is an outstanding Christian education alternative. If you are looking for Christian education for your child, for your student, I encourage you to, to check into the Calvary Academy. They are with us here today, Brother and Sister Henson, Sister Gardner, Sister Benz, and they have a they have a, a booth set up for you to check that out in the lobby as you leave today. Uh, we have had many people from Tree of Life Church uh, take their children, their students to Calvary Academy through the years. We have enrolled our children at Calvary Academy uh, for a number of years, and we love this school. We love their ministry. And uh, we love what God is doing through them. So please know that this is something we encourage. And, uh, and I believe you'll find it to be a great blessing to you and your family. Amen. Let's give the Lord a great big hand clap of praise for that. Amen. And we are so delighted uh, to be able to look into the word of the Lord this morning. I, I would like to invite your attention to the book of Esther, chapter 8. The book of Esther chapter 8 and uh, we're going to look at a few verses of scripture here from this amazing book in the word of the Lord it contains one of the great stories one of the great accounts that I believe it will be a blessing to you today as you, as you begin to see parallels with your own life Esther chapter 8 and verse 15 <clears throat> the word of the Lord says and Mordecai Everybody say Mordecai. He's a pretty cool guy in the Bible. We just want you to know his name because we're going to talk about him here in a little bit. Mordecai went out from the presence of the king in royal apparel of blue and white and with a great crown of gold and with a garment of fine linen and purple. And the city of Shushan rejoiced and was glad. The Jews had light. The Jews had gladness and joy and honor. And in every province and in every city, whithersoever the king's commandment and his decree came, the Jews had joy and gladness, a feast and a good day. Nothing wrong with a good day. Sometimes that's the cure to whatever ails you. It was a good day. We're having a good day right now. They said they had joy, gladness, a feast, and a good day. And many of the people of the land became Jews. For the fear of the Jews fell upon them. 
And I just want to preach to you this morning for a little while on the subject kingdom consciousness. Kingdom consciousness. Praise his holy name. Could we just lift our voices together as a body and ask God's blessing upon the preaching of his word and upon this time that we have together in his presence. Lord, I thank you for your many blessings and for your goodness. Lord, I thank you for the joy we feel in this house this morning. I pray, Lord, as your word goes forth that it will be blessed, that it will find good ground, that we will be the recipients, O God, of your quickening power. I pray in the precious name of Jesus that you would move upon each of us today and minister respectively. I pray for a special anointing upon your messenger and upon your people as we endeavor to know you in a greater way. We love you and we worship you and ask these things in Jesus' precious name. And everybody said in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Thank you so much for standing and again thank you so much for, for being here. Of course, this is one of my favorite books in the Bible. I have a special connection to it uh, because it was the, it was the first uh, book that I ever memorized for Bible quizzing. And uh, you have a little special connection with your first Bible quizzing book. And so I, I actually uh, had to memorize the whole book of Esther. And, uh, and we quizzed on it, and it was... It was just a fascinating account uh, to, to learn about and to understand. I had heard her name. Uh, her name actually is not Esther. Uh, it's actually Hadassah. Uh, but it was changed to Esther when they were taken captive. The, the Hebrews were taken captive. And she was made to be queen to Ahasuerus. And so uh, her name is really Hadassah. But she was changed to Esther. And, uh, and that was how, that's how we know her. They were naming her after their goddess, Ishtar, or Ashtoreth, and uh, various uh, names were changed of the Hebrews to reflect gods and goddesses of the heathen. And so Hadassah became one of those people who, who lost her identity in the process of being taken captive. And there's, there, there's such a, a reality uh, that we can identify with in that concept alone, when we are taken captive, we end up losing our identity and, and we end up becoming identified with the captor. But today, I thank God that there's a liberator in the house and he can, he can, he can give you the identity you were always supposed to have, a, a child of the king. Amen. And so, so it's a beautiful thing, but I just want to go through this. I want to introduce to some and reacquaint with others, uh, this woman by the name of Esther. She was quite a remarkable uh, woman. And her story is, is key in the history of the nation of Israel. As you know, they are God's chosen people throughout the Old Testament because uh, they were the descendants of the man Abraham, who was the father of the faithful. And they were particularly the descendants of Isaac, who was the promised son. And so they found themselves under assault because while they were covenant people with God, they often turned from the Lord and worshipped other gods. And when you do that, 
you end up relying not on the Lord, but you rely on those gods to bring deliverance and to bring health and to bring happiness, and they can't provide those things. So you end up without a God in your life. And the God that you placed your confidence in is actually uh, not at all the God that you need. The God that you need is your creator. Your creator became your savior. Uh, Don't look to the gods of this world. Look to the God of heaven and earth. The God who created all things. The God who, who knew you before he formed you in the womb. And ordained you for his glory. That's the God that we're worshiping today. When we said he touched me, we're talking about him. When we talk about rejoice in the Lord, we're talking about him. Because of the fact that that he is God and there is none other. And there is none beside him. But Israel would often turn to uh, other gods. And so they would fall into captivity. This was the case in this passage of scripture. They were brought into captivity. They, they, they actually, Esther's life coincides with a, a shocking turn of events in, in the, the reign of King Ahasuerus. Uh, Shushan the palace was in tumult because Vashti had, had greatly offended the king. He had some unreasonable demands and expectations. She wasn't having that. And, and he said, well, then I, I want a different queen. And so a uh, search went out throughout the land And they found this woman by the name of Esther. She was a beautiful woman. The Bible says she was fair. And they brought Esther to the king. And he said, that's the one. And and the the relationship between Ahasuerus and Esther developed from that point. Esther had a cousin by the name of Mordecai. Mordecai had brought Esther into his own home when her parents died. She didn't have a mother or father. She was an orphan. And Mordecai brought her into his own home uh, because that's the kind of guy that he was. He looked after her. He raised her as his own. And then she was taken to be the queen of Ahasuerus. It was a, it was a very difficult, as you can imagine, experience because this was a terrifying uh, moment in her life. She didn't know what was expected of her. And yet there was prestige involved. She was the queen. As it would turn out, Mordecai was not only her cousin, but Mordecai engaged himself and involved himself in civic activities of the land. And so the Bible says that he was in the gate of Shushan. And and being in the gate means that he was an elder in the land. He was esteemed as an elder. He was looked to as an elder. And he kind of had a discreet policy, and that was he didn't want anybody to know that he was Jewish because he felt that if he let people know he was Jewish that it would bring persecution upon him and so he just kind of laid low and whatnot well he learned of a plot to kill the king and and when he learned of this plot he acted against it he got word to Esther they they began to to make a way for the plot to be Uh, removed as an option, as a possibility. And when it was told the king who was responsible for avoiding and averting the assassination plot, Mordecai's name was entered into the ledger, entered into the record. And the king took note of it. And he just liked this guy by the name of Mordecai. Didn't really know who he was, but but he saved my life. So he's got to be a decent guy. And so it was that, 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 
Mordecai was entered into the historical record of the king. Meanwhile, there was another man who was rising. He was climbing the political ladder of, of the region. His name was Haman. He was a cutthroat politician. He would do anything to succeed, and he was hungry for power. The Bible says that he got Ahasuerus to make a decree that when he walked in and out of the gate, that all would do obeisance to him and would give him honor and would revere him and bow to him. And he walked through the gate, and there everybody was supposed to bow to him. Now Mordecai had made sure that nobody knew he was Jewish. He made sure nobody knew his bloodline because he didn't want to have to have undue persecution. But now they're asking him to do something he just cannot do. They're asking him to bow to somebody other than the Lord his God. And when Haman walks by, everybody's bowing, everybody's giving him worship, everybody's adoring him and exalting him. Haman's loving it, and he passes by Mordecai, and Mordecai just kind of, hey, hello. Good to see you today. And Haman noticed it, but, but went on by. Then he noticed the next day, and the next day. And one day after another, Mordecai refused to bow down and give obeisance and reverence to this man even though it was the king's commandment to do so and people began to talk why won't Mordecai give obeisance to Haman and then it was learned his background his bloodline his attachment to another kingdom his attachment to a kingdom that is not made with men's hands his attachment to a kingdom that has foundations whose builder and maker is God. And they said, oh, you can forget about this guy bowing because he has an allegiance to another place, to another land. And it turned out to be a severe point of contention to the point that Haman actually manipulated legislative policy that would, would, would cause all of the Jews to be exterminated by decree of the king. He was really the first Hitler. And, and he was bent on destroying and annihilating all of the Jewish people in the land. Mordecai came to Esther, said, you got to do something about this. Esther said, what do you want me to do? She said, the king doesn't even know that I'm Jewish. He said, well, guess what? He said, the cat's out of the bag now. And he said, and, and, and then he said, don't think that you are going to escape because you're all up in that castle and you're all up in that ivory tower and you got Shushan, the palace guards. Don't think that you're going to escape this and everybody else is going to pay the consequence. He said, and I love this. This is, I want us to remember this. He said, who knows but whether you are come to the kingdom for such a time as this. Oh, hallelujah. And Esther, Esther had to think about it. She had to pray about it. She had to fast about it. He was telling her to go before the king. She knew and she told him, she said, there's a law in place that if somebody goes before the king uninvited and the king does not extend his scepter, then that person will be executed. She said, it goes for everybody in the kingdom. She said, I don't even know this guy well enough yet to know if I can go before his presence uninvited. So she said, I, 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 I will go, but if I perish, I perish. And so she went before the king, and he did extend his scepter. To make a long story a little bit shorter, the king said, 
Who is it that is saying he's going to destroy and kill the people that my queen belongs to? And when she said Haman, Haman nearly dropped his teeth. When she said Haman, King Ahasuerus gave him the side eye. Haman, what are you, what do you think you're doing? Do you know that Haman had built gallows for Mordecai? He had built gallows for the Jewish people. He had built apparatuses to facilitate the extermination of the people of Israel. But when the king realized that he was coming against his queen, he turned the plot of Haman against Haman. And the very gallows Haman had built for somebody else, God allowed him to be hung from those gallows. Don't ever, don't ever act with malice or wrath or cruel intention against anybody because it will turn on you. <laughs> Esther saved the day. She had got the king to, to, to turn back the plot of Haman, and, and she with great courage and with great boldness walked into the throne room of the king, knowing it could cost her life. She was, she was depending on his favor being granted to her. And she walked into his courtroom knowing that this could be the end of everything, and it turned out that God walked in there with her. It turned out that she had, in fact, come to the kingdom for such a time as this. And, and this brings us to the place where we read our passage of Scripture. I'm going to read it again. Mordecai, after Haman has been hung from the gallows, after Israel has been saved, after the Jews went from being on the most wanted to being the most heralded, to the point that even people who weren't Jews became Jews, because they realize that there is a God in heaven who favors these people and he will fight for them and will come against those who come against them. And many in the land became Jews because the fear of the Jews fell upon them. Meanwhile, Mordecai went out from the presence of the king. And this is how we feel when we come out of the presence of the king. See, we're going to walk out of this service today having been in the presence of the king. And we're going to walk out of here like Mordecai walked out of here. He walked out of the presence of the king and he was in royal apparel of blue and white with a crown of gold, with a garment of fine linen and purple. The city of Shushan. They went from being the secret police to rejoicing and being glad. The Jews had light. They once had darkness. The Jews had gladness. They once had sadness. The Jews had joy. They once had despair. The Jews had honor. They once had shame. And in every province and in every city, whithersoever the kingdom's commandment and his decree came, the Jews had joy and gladness and a feast and a good day. That's Esther chapter 8. But that's not Esther chapter 2. And that's not Esther chapter 3. And that's not Esther chapter 4, chapter 5, or chapter 6. That's Esther chapter 8. If I could define Mordecai in one term, I would say he was kingdom conscious. 
He had a mind that was able to grapple with the matters of God's kingdom. God had anointed his mind to think beyond his turmoil and think beyond his stress and distress. Think beyond his despair and focus on the kingdom, the kingdom, the kingdom, the kingdom. Not this kingdom, that kingdom. Not this world, that world. Not, not this thing that we're caught up in, but, but the thing that God has promised to those who will trust in his holy word. And I don't know where you are in your Mordecai type of circumstance. Whether you're in chapter 2, 3, or 4, or chapter 6, chapter 7. I don't know what the uncertainty level you may be experiencing. But I've come in the name of Jesus to impart to you and to encourage you to keep your mind focused upon the kingdom of God. Don't let the enemy bring you down. Don't let circumstances pull you into despair. Don't let the enemy feel like it's just a matter of time and it'll all be over. It's just a matter of time and you'll be finished. You understand God has a promise for you. That God has an expectation of you. God has an anticipation for you. There are promises in your life yet to be realized. I just, I just want to slip up beside you today and whisper in your ear, it is impossible that God can lie. He cannot lie. It is impossible that God should lie. Anything that comes out of his mouth is absolute truth. So if he said you're going to make it, you're going to make it. And if he said, if he said you're going to come out of this, you're going to come out of this. Now that's the Lord we're talking about. On the flip side, the enemy of your soul cannot tell the truth. We got God who cannot lie, and we got the devil who can't tell the truth. Truth cannot come out of his mouth. It's all bended up, twisted, distorted, got all kind of ulterior motives attached to it. He simply cannot speak the truth. So, so you got to know that when you're dealing with life and you're dealing with circumstances. you got to know that if the devil says it, it's untrue. And if God says it, it is true. So when the devil tells you, hallelujah, that you're going to lose, that means you're going to win. If the devil tells you you're going to die, that means you're going to live. If the devil tells you you can't make it, that means you're getting ready to make it. Oh, hallelujah. You've got to hold on to the word of God. You've got to believe in the kingdom of God. This was the whole ministry of Jesus. He continually said the kingdom of heaven is like unto. The kingdom of heaven is like unto. The kingdom of God is like unto. Now you got to understand, you can't just stroll up into this kingdom. You are born into this kingdom. This is why when they asked the question, men and brethren, what shall we do? Peter taught them how to be born into the kingdom of God. He said, repent. Oh, hallelujah. Repent. That means you got to come out from the kingdoms of this world. 
you've got to come out from the strongholds that bind you. Repent. Hallelujah. Turn away. Come out from among them and be ye separate, saith the Lord. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ. I'm talking about full immersion. I'm talking about you got to go down, down, down into that watery grave. Don't you leave your hand up above the water. Don't leave your foot up above the water. Don't leave some kind of part of your life outside of the water and say, I'll submerge this, but I won't submerge that. You better go down in the water in the precious name, the only name, the saving name of Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. We got too many people, too many people that want to be in this kingdom and that kingdom. Too many people that want to go down in the water but hold on to something outside of the water. No, take it all. Take it all down with you. Take all of your past and all of your brokenness and all of your pain and all of your shame and every transgression and every iniquity. Take it all down. And I want you to know that when you take it down into the water, in Jesus' name, it's going to stay there. It's going to be crucified. It's going to be buried with him oh, hallelujah and then you rise to walk in newness of life and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost I'm talking about being born into the kingdom see Jesus told Nicodemus except a man be born of the water and of the spirit he cannot enter into the kingdom of heaven don't, don't, don't think that you can just get into it by good deeds. You must be born into the kingdom of God. And Mordecai taught us how to approach life from a standpoint of kingdom consciousness. Everything he did had an eye toward the kingdom of God. Everything that he said, all of his decisions... The path of his life all focused himself toward the kingdom of God. I wish I could impart to you effectively today. Take no thought for the morrow. What you shall put on, what you shall eat. But seek ye first the kingdom of God. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. If we could understand that, it takes care of everything else. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. Not your righteousness and not my righteousness, but His righteousness. And all these things shall be added unto you. I want to go back as far as Mordecai's decision to take Esther into his home. A lot of people don't want to be inconvenienced by others who are in need. A lot of people look at folks that are in need and wish somebody would help them. But Mordecai said, you come on into my house. You come on into my world. Because who knows? This was the guiding principle of Mordecai's life. Who knows? But whether I have come to the kingdom for such a time as this. When he relayed that to Esther, he wasn't just giving it as a one-time possibility. It was a guiding principle of his life. When he looked at that little girl who was destitute and without hope, and now her future was all in disarray, all he could think about was, who knows? 
who knows but whether I have come to the kingdom for such a time as this before you just cancel out the opportunity you have to help somebody in need I pray the Holy Ghost will quicken your mind to think who knows who knows but whether I have come to the kingdom for such a moment as this hallelujah it was a guiding principle of his life and it needs to be a guiding principle of our life and he raised her it wasn't easy to raise her but he raised her it wasn't it wasn't he wasn't like the, the he wasn't like perfectly equipped as the perfect dad he was her cousin who was trying his best to put food on the table but he saw a need and he couldn't get away from the idea that this may be my purpose in the kingdom. The need has presented itself. And who knows but whether I have come to the kingdom for such a time as this. Mordecai could not understand all the ways and the, and the ideas of God. But what God knew that Mordecai didn't know was God had put his hand upon that little girl. And God has poured his anointing upon that little girl. And God's going to raise her up in a way he didn't raise up any of the other prophets. Any of the other characters of the old script. He was going to raise her up and put her in a position that Isaiah couldn't even get into. That Jeremiah couldn't get into. That Hosea couldn't get into. That Moses couldn't get into. He was going to put her in such a favor. In such a divine anointed position. Mordecai didn't know that in Esther chapter 2 he just put his shoulder to the plow and he didn't look back Jesus said if you put your shoulder to the plow and then look back you're not fit for the kingdom I want to be fit for the kingdom of God put your shoulder to the plow don't look back who knows but whether I've come to the kingdom for such a time as this he raised her in the fear of God he raised her in the heritage of Israel. He raised her in the concept of Shema Israel Adonai Eloheinu Adonai Echad. So that she would have a dedication to a kingdom that was not of this world. That she would have a dedication that would outlast captivity. That would supersede insecurity. Hallelujah. That would, that would overcome inferiority. Hallelujah. That would walk with her in whatever difficult path she she walked in because I mean who knows but whether we have come to the kingdom for such a time as this he's sitting in the gate you know why I went to the gate because if he's going to be in this kingdom of God he's got to be engaged in his world where he lives just because we're a part of the kingdom of God doesn't mean that we go run in corners and hide go get in that gate that gate represented the center of activity go get in that gate not to be influenced by a world that doesn't know God not to be influenced by a world that does not understand the promises of the Lord or the concepts of the kingdom but go get in that gate because who knows but whether you have come to the kingdom for such a time as this and, and, and so you take that opportunity and you get in that gate and you stand for righteousness and you be a light in a dark world and you be the salt of the earth. Hallelujah. You go ahead and get in that gate. The Jesus that I read about in the scriptures, he didn't roam lonely caves by himself. He walked out into the marketplace. He moved in and among the people. That's where we've got to be because that may be why we've come to the kingdom.
while he's there, he hears somebody plotting to assassinate King Ahasuerus. He didn't just sit idly by, fearful that somebody would figure out what kingdom he belongs to or what his bloodline is. He thought to himself, who knows? Who knows? But whether I've come to the kingdom for such a time as this, this may be my lot. This may be my role. This may be what God anointed me to do. And so he, he spoke up and said, i got to get word to the king that there's an assassination plot on the horizon. I'm sure he didn't agree with everything Ahasuerus did. I'm sure he didn't agree with all of his policies. I don't even know that he liked the guy. I just know that he saw an injustice about to be done. And he said, I can't allow injustice. He said, this this might be why I'm here yeah. as part of the kingdom. And then Haman comes strolling through. And Mordecai's like, are you serious? <laughs> They've gone and passed a law that i got to bow down and worship this guy. And I, and I mean, I'm, I'm all, I, folks, I want my, I want, I'm here. I'm a captive. And I'm here. But, but you know what? I, if I'm going to be here, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lend my hand to help this place be a good society and be a good place. But, but don't ask me to do things that I can't do. Because there's only one I'll bow to and there's only one I will worship. And when you get in that gate, you hear me. I want everybody to hear me. When you get in that gate, there's going to be pressure on you to bow to things you know you shouldn't be bowing to going to be pressure on you to go places you know you ought not be going there's going to be pressure on you to condone and endorse things you don't need to be condoning and endorsing and they're going to try to drink this and smoke that and go here and be there and, and sanction this and no 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 you need to understand I'm here I'm here in this gate to help but I belong to another kingdom Ask Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego how that goes. When the music begins to play, you got to understand you don't belong to this kingdom. It doesn't matter what the commandment is that everybody must bow down to this image. And the music begins to play. And the music is encouraging the bowing down to the image. And you be careful what music you're listening to. You don't want to be listening to music that's encouraging you to bow down to the images of this world. And you get lost in the cadence and the rhythm and they start playing your favorite music and they start playing what you really like and now they're playing those slow jams you like and you all this next thing you know you're not even you're not even paying attention you're just bowing no 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 we're not a part of this kingdom we're a part of another kingdom said we are not a part of this kingdom now we're going to lend our hand we're going to be actively engaged we're going to be good citizens but my allegiance is to the Lord of glory my obedience is to my God my Savior the Lord Jesus Christ oh hallelujah so Mordecai's got a decision to make are you going to bow are you going to throw away your heritage are you going to throw away what you believe? Are you going to throw away what God has taught you? Just so you can be accepted in this kingdom? Or are you going to keep an eye on that kingdom? And be conscious and aware? But the question is, it's a no-brainer. Because who knows? This might be why I'm here. Who knows? This might be the moment that God begins to turn something 
around. Now, now you folks, he refused to bow. He would not bow himself. He would not lay himself down. He would not lay himself aside. He refused to bow one day and two days and three days and on and on. They expected him to bow. He wouldn't bow. Then they turned on him. They turned on his people. And now he is the public public example of why all the Jews should have been destroyed in Haman's eyes. And they're trying to make an example of Mordecai. And they've gone to now rounding up the Jewish people. It was, it was the same spirit that motivated Hitler that was motivating Haman. And Mordecai could have run and, and, and fled, but he couldn't get away from this idea. This might be why I'm here. I, I can't bow. I can't, turn, I can't turn my back on God. I can't stop praising his name. Listen to me, husband and father. Hear me. In the name of Jesus, don't you bow down to this world. I don't know what kind of temptations you're facing right now. But you need to get a kingdom consciousness in you that makes you understand your family needs you right now. And the enemy's trying to pull you out and trying to pull you into a snare of the fowler. No, no, no. Who knows? But whether you have come to the kingdom for such a time as this. Hear, hear me, wife and mother. You're facing temptation right now And you're struggling with your walk with God and, and you're struggling to have joy in your heart Don't bow Keep on praising God And keep on coming to the house of God Keep on being in fellowship with like people of like precious faith Oh hallelujah Because who knows But whether the enemy is trying to distract you from kingdom consciousness Oh glory Hallelujah Mordecai went to Esther and said, you got to talk to the king. And Esther says, I don't know if I can. Mordecai said, you can. He said, Esther, I'm going to give you a little secret. You need to ask yourself this before you make any decision. Here it is. Is this why I'm here? Am I here for such a time as this? Mordecai, if I could just take you to Esther chapter 8. And, and, and show you what's coming. I know right now is a bad day. I know right now they've got posters with your face on it, name on it. I know that they're breaking into people's homes and they're arresting Jews. I know that your faith has you with a target on your back. But, 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 but if you could look just a few chapters into your future, I'll show you that you're wearing royal apparel of blue and white. Come on with me, Mordecai. Hallelujah. Let me take you on to a place where you're wearing a crown of gold and you're clothed in fine linen and you're walking out of the presence of the king and the city of Shushan is rejoicing and being glad. Oh, I know you're scared of what the next day holds and I know you're wondering when the next shoe will drop and I know you think Esther might die in the court of the king but don't forget what you understand about the kingdom. There's a good day coming. I said there's a good day coming. I've come to tell somebody in Jesus name who's going through cancer there's a good day coming. Don't give up on your faith in God. I've come to tell somebody who's going through a divorce there's a good day coming. Don't give up on your faith in God. I've come to tell somebody who's going through the emotional fight of your life there's a good day coming. know why I know this? 
I know this because I skipped a few chapters. Oh, hallelujah. You know how it is when you're reading a good book and you're just like, oh, what's going to happen next? I don't know. Don't tell me. Don't tell me. Don't tell me. And then you flip the page and you just, everything is a new surprise and a new amazing thing. And sometimes you're going through the valley and sometimes you're up on the mountain and sometimes you're going through difficult circumstances in the book. Sometimes you just got to flip to the end to take away all the suspense. I wish you would flip to the end with me. Because I've come to let somebody know if you trust him, I said, if you trust him, I said, if you will trust him, you'll come out of his presence in royal apparel with blue and white and a crown of solid gold arrayed, arrayed in fine linen. Which is the righteousness of the saints. Pastor, who are you talking about? I'm talking about you. I'm talking about you. You've got to have a kingdom consciousness. This isn't how it ends up. This isn't how it ends up. This doesn't end up with you on a deathbed writhing in pain. That's not how this ends up. This doesn't end up with you behind bars. This doesn't end up with you six feet under. That's not how this ends up. We rule and reign with him forever. See, you got to have such a confidence in the kingdom and such an awareness of the kingdom and such a consciousness about the kingdom that it doesn't matter what the circumstances look like, you know that the kingdom promises shall come to pass. Amen. Esther said, don't you understand, cousin Mordecai, there's a law. Can't do nothing about the law. It's a law. If somebody walks into the king's throne room and he does not extend the scepter, which I'd love to get into the fact that the scripture says Jesus Christ is the scepter of righteousness. And I'd love to talk about how that when they extended him up on the cross. I won't do that to you. We'll just keep on moving. I'm going to tell you because now anybody can come. The scepter is extended. The scepter is lifted high. No matter who you are. Where you came from. What kind of baggage you got. What you did, where you did it, you hear what I'm telling you? Anybody who so ever will let him come to drink of the waters of life freely. I love it that Mordecai looked at Esther and said, Esther, don't think that this will all be over if you just ignore it. And everybody but you will be exterminated. He said, because God will raise up somebody else. That's the kind of confidence I have in the kingdom of God. Esther, I'm not talking to you because you're our last hope. There is no such thing as last hope. There's just hope. Oh, hallelujah. I'm talking to you about this, Esther, because I want it to be you. 
I want you to step into your divine role. But you could say, forget you, Mordecai. Forget you. I don't need anything. I'm in the, I'm in the king's head. All I got to do is say, they're Jewish and I'm not. And, and, and I'll try to hide. He said, you can do that if you want to. He said, but, but, but the, the, that you're going to be destroyed in the end. He said, I'm trying to tell you, if you don't do it, God will raise somebody else up. I don't know how he'll do it. I, I just don't know how God will do it. I just know that he will. Because I've got some promises that I can stand on and that I can hold to. And I know that I know I said I know that I know he will do it God will do it I said he'll do it he said he'll do it his word says he'll do it and who knows but this may be the moment where you get to participate in the grand plan of God for his kingdom oh hallelujah some of you feel as you're coming into this place that you lack purpose. You do not lack purpose. You are part of the glorious kingdom of God. Some of you feel like you, you, you are, are insignificant. You are not insignificant. You are a part of the great big plan, the grand plan of God. I don't know how he's going to use you. Maybe you're going to bring in someone to live in your home who lost their mother and father. Who knows? That may be why you've been brought to the kingdom. I don't know how he's going to use you. You might foil an assassination plot against the king. Who knows how God can use you? And who knows? It may just simply be you refusing to bow to what all the other co-workers are bowing to. Who knows? But some way or another if you put your hand in the hand of the man who stilled the water come on there's an anointing on you there's a favor on you there's a grace on you there's a blessing on you God has raised you up for this moment for this purpose oh hallelujah somebody lift your hands to him right now in this house blessed be his holy name Blessed be his holy name. Oh, blessed be his holy name. Come on, that's it. Lift your hands to him right now in the name of Jesus. All across this building, lift your hands to him right now. Oh, bless his name. Oh, bless his name. Bless his name. Bless his name. Bless his name. Oh, hallelujah. 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 Blessed be his name. Blessed be his name. I want you to stand with me right now. The Holy Ghost is in this place. He wants to do a work. And I know, I know that you're not sure how God can use you. The devil has you so distracted with all of your problems. Don't you know that your problems are the avenue that God is going to use? To bring about his glory in your life. See you thought it disqualified you. God says it qualifies you. I want to say that again. You thought it disqualified you. God says it qualifies you. I'm going to use this present circumstance. This present struggle. For my glory. For my kingdom. You say it's so insignificant. Can you imagine while Mordecai is trying to make breakfast for little Esther on his way to work? 
And he's like, why, why, I, I don't even have kids. Why I got to take care of this kid? Mordecai, who knows? But whether you have come to the kingdom, don't you underestimate that little thing you're doing. It is for the glory of God. It'll save nations. It'll preserve God's heritage. Glory to God. It was just a simple, Mordecai, would you like to tell us what you were thinking when, when you wouldn't bow to Haman? Well, I don't know exactly. I was just standing there and everybody said I had to bow to him. And I was like, no, 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 I only bow to God. And that's how it went down. Next thing I know, all of Israel saved and, and the bloodline is preserved and we're moving toward the Messiah coming. I had no idea that that little act of consecration to God was going was to have such a widespread impact. Oh, hallelujah. Kingdom consciousness. Kingdom awareness. Look around you. Stop complaining about your work environment and become aware of the kingdom that God has brought you to. Stop complaining about what people are asking you to do and, and start realizing I've come to the kingdom for such a time as this. Stop complaining about the burden of, of unexpected circumstances that have fallen upon you and start realizing this is why I'm here. And if you let God use you in a few things, He'll make you ruler over many things. Mordecai, I know you're, you're trying to get Esther off to school and you're trying to get to work. And I know you're struggling and it's every single day. And you don't know, you don't have answers for her questions because she's asking about, will she ever see her mom and dad again? And she's asking questions like, why did mom and dad have to die? And she's asking questions like, why can't I have a real family? And and you don't have the answers for those questions. But Mordecai, if I, could, if I could just keep your attention on Esther 8. Crown of gold. A garment of fine linen. Light. Gladness. Joy. Honor. A feast. And a good day. It's all coming, Mordecai. It's coming. It's coming for you. It's coming for little Esther, little Hadassah. It's coming. It's coming. It's coming. But you got to stay focused on the kingdom. you got to stay focused on the kingdom. Oh, hallelujah. There's somebody here today. You've been distracted from kingdom consciousness. And you've gotten your eyes on the everyday challenges and circumstances of life. And you're frustrated and you're annoyed. And you feel like there's just simply no purpose in all of it. In the name of Jesus, Lord, open their eyes to let them see what you see. Open their eyes to let them see what you see. And let them think kingdom again. Let them dream kingdom again. Give them faith to act on their convictions because of the kingdom. Give them faith to act out of compassion because of the kingdom. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. I want you to understand something today. I'm doing what I do for the kingdom of God. I'm doing what I do. I've got an open Bible, and I'm preaching the word of God. And there are certain ways that I, 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 I do what God has called me to do in the kingdom of God. But God has called you to places that I can't go. He's put you in contact with people I will never reach 
He has given you credibility in a field that I know nothing about. Don't sit and look at me and say, he can be used of God, but I can't. You are able to be used of God in ways I could never dream about. You're a preacher in your world. You've got an open Bible in your world. There's a light that you have to shine in the darkness. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want somebody right now to be at peace with where God has placed you. I want you to come forward and say, God, I'm at peace with where you have placed me. And I acknowledge that I have come to the kingdom for such a time as this. I'm at peace in my circumstances, difficult though it may be. I'll stop. I'm going to stop complaining about my marriage. I'm going to stop complaining about my lack of opportunity. I'm going to stop complaining about my lack of friends. I'm going to stop complaining about the problems that life has thrown my way. And I'm going to begin saying, God, I am where you've called me and anointed me and placed me to be. Come on, Esther. Who knows? Who knows? Who oh, no. I know it's dark right now and it's difficult right now <laughs> yes that's it that's it come on that's it that's it come on there are more that need to come there are more that need to come that's it God bless you thank you Jesus thank you Jesus hallelujah oh hallelujah oh hallelujah come on that's it in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus hallelujah hallelujah to help me pray right now. There are people seeking God. There are people seeking God. Come on, that's it. Help me pray. Help me pray in the name of Jesus. Oh, bless His name. Glorious song. 